Hi, and welcome to Better Than New, the podcast to help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. I'm your host, Gary Crenshaw, and today I want to talk to you about three things. First, I want to talk to you about where I think used car prices are going to go in 2023. Second, I want to give you some advice on how to maximize the price you might pay for that interesting car or truck you're thinking about buying this year. And third, I want to talk about some items that I think you should cross off your automotive bucket list in 2023. So hop in, buckle up, and let's go for a drive. So today is my first Better Than New episode of 2023. Now that's a big deal. You and I have made it through a full year, and now I'm starting another year of giving you advice to help you find, drive, and enjoy a fun used car at a reasonable price. Now that said, one of the things that held a lot of people back from buying something fun to drive during 2022 was the price. Now prices for new and used cars were way up in 2022, and that was frustrating for me, and I'm sure it was frustrating for you as well. However, I believe there's a little bit of good news on the horizon. Now, I predict that car buyers will find better values in used vehicles as we move through 2023 and into 2024. However, it's going to take some strategy and patience to get the best deals. All right, so let's break that down a little bit. So inflation and high prices for new and used cars will continue to persist in 2023. That's not going away anytime soon. We still have supply chain issues. There's a lack of inventory. Therefore, new vehicles and late model used cars will continue to hold their value. They're going to continue to be more expensive than you want them to be. Okay, that's the downside. However, prices for used cars that fall into the more like a daily driver category, and these are the cars that we really talk about here on the podcast, cars that have, you know, one or two owners that have maybe, you know, 75, 80, 100,000 miles on them, that sort of thing. The prices on those cars were going to continue to be flat and then start to go down a little bit. They're going to moderate towards the end of the year. Now, you're always going to find cars that are more expensive and less expensive, but I think that's going to be the trend line over the course of the year. The flip side is, for people who are selling those cars, they're not going to get the memo that the prices are going down until much later in the year and maybe into 2024. So what's going to happen is the people selling the cars, those people are going to think, oh, my car's still worth more money. They're going to be thinking, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12 months ago when the prices were higher, they're going to hold out a little bit longer. They're going to be kind of lagging behind the market. They're going to be thinking, oh, my car's still going up in price. Eh, sorry, it's not. They're really going to start to go down in price. That also means that people who are flipping cars, they're not going to be happy in 2023. Their cars aren't going to continue to go up in price. Again, that's good news for you and I who want to buy some of these great used cars. Now, if you're selling a great used car, you know, sorry, but you missed the really easy times. Now, you may still get the price you want, but you're going to have to work harder to sell your driver quality vehicle. Okay, so what should you do to get the most out of the price and vehicle availability situation in 2023? Well, I would suggest that you go back and listen to episode number two of this podcast. And that was quite a while ago, but this episode was about the five essential rules to finding a cool used car. And I'll break the rules down for you really quickly here. I don't want to go through the whole thing, but basically rule number one was know your budget. Rule two, know what you want, know the type of vehicle you want. 
Number three, be realistic. Number four, be patient. And number five, be ready to buy. Okay, now there's three of those rules that really make the most sense and really apply the most here. The first one is know what you want. You want to know the vehicle that you want to purchase. That's how you're going to get the best price. So if you know that you want a 2006 Wrangler TJ with a six-speed manual, you've already worked that out. And when that car pops up or that SUV pops up on the market, you can just go right to it and buy it. Okay? No more thinking involved. Maybe you have two or three cars on your list. That's fine too. Those cars will pop up, but you want to narrow down and know exactly what you want. That's going to help you get the best price. The next thing, you want to be patient. You want to patiently wait and watch for the car you want. Now, some of this may seem obvious, and I've, I've mentioned that in that first episode, that this, these seem like obvious things, but <laughs> I see people all the time who just, they can't be patient. They're like, oh, I don't want to wait. I'm just going to buy the first thing that comes up. Well, okay, you're going to spend more money if you do that, or you're not going to get exactly the quality of vehicle that you want if you're in a rush. So be patient, all right? And then the third thing that's really important out of those five is have your money ready when the vehicle comes up for sale. Have your cash or your financing in order. You want to make sure that you're ready to buy because a seller's not going to wait for you. They're not going to say, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll wait while you check with the bank to see if you have the cash. No, they don't have time for that. They want to sell their car and they'll sell it to the next person in line. If you're not ready, it just goes to somebody else. So be ready. All right. Now, good deals will pop up sporadically throughout the year, but the good news is traditionally in like late winter and early spring is a great time to save on a used car. Now, why is that? Well, sellers start to, I like to think of it as mentally thaw out around this time of year, okay? It's kind of like spring cleaning. They're, they're past the holidays, the tree's been taken down, the ornaments have been put away, the kids are back at school, the recycling's off to the recycler, and they go a couple weekends, and then they start to think, you know, I should sell that old car that we got in the garage. I should sell that, you know, second or third car that we have we're not using. It's time to move that along. So people start thinking about that stuff in January, February, and then they get that car out into the marketplace for sale in, you know, February and March. Now, the good news for you is if you're paying attention and you're ready to go with the purchase, you're probably going to be one of the first people to see that car because a lot of people don't really start thinking about buying something until, you know, April or May. I've seen this pattern repeat itself over literally decades that I've been looking at cars, used cars, and prices on the market. And I can tell you again and again and again, there's some great cars that start to pop up late January, February, and March. They just, they're there. And you just think, wow, if I had the money, I'd buy that because it's a great deal. I could turn around and sell it in the summer for a thousand or two thousand dollars more than somebody's asking for it in January. So pick what you want, get your cash together, be patient, and be ready for when that car pops up or that SUV pops up on the market, all right? Now, if you're selling a car, like I mentioned earlier, you've kind of missed the magic money moment. Six months ago, eight months ago, that's when you would have gotten the most for the car, and it would have been easier to sell. So now you're going to have to really market it effectively, and that means doing things like taking really clear photos displaying, you know, as many as possible. If there's imperfections, you want to show those clearly. I mean, don't 
hide things like if there's some wear on the bolster of the driver's seat. Don't hide that in a photo. Just, you know, be up front, show it. You don't have to do like an extreme close-up on it or anything, but, you know, show that stuff. You know, show the dents, show the scratches, show any imperfections because you want to qualify people before they come to look at your car. Here's the thing. Your time is precious. You don't get it back at the end of your life. If you waste time showing a car to people who aren't going to buy it, you'd rather just show them photos that show them everything that's up with the car. And if they don't want to buy it, then they're not going to call you. They're not going to come look at it. You can narrow down who your actual purchaser is going to be before they show up. They're going to qualify the car by looking at the ad. And you want to pre-qualify the buyers before they show up to make sure they really want the car. Or at least, you know, they think they're interested, right? So be very clear about that. You know, put in a real, you know, in-depth description. Don't go overboard, but, you know, be clear about what the car is and what kind of condition it is. And then price it based on reality. Not what you hoped to get six months ago when the prices were great, but what you think it's going for now. And if you're not sure what to price it at, I would say there's a couple places you can look, depending on the car. You can try bringatrailer.com. If you go to Bring a Trailer, you can see the completed uh, listings for various cars. If there's a car like yours on there, let's say you're selling a Toyota MR2, all right, a 1984 or 1985 MR2, you can go type in under the search bar Toyota MR2, and it will pull up a big spreadsheet that shows like all the different prices and the dates that those cars were sold on. And you can just look across and go, oh, okay, an 85 MR2 is going for... I don't know, $12,000. I'm just putting a guess to that. In that way, you can see the real price for a car that was sold on an auction website. That's really important, right? That's an accurate real price. You can do the same thing on eBay. If you have an eBay account, you can go in, click into the advanced settings, and you can go up and click completed auctions. And then you can type in what make and model of car, truck, SUV, And then it will show what's been completed. And I think you can put a date range too. So, you know, if it's the last six months or last three months or something, you can put that in and then you can see what the prices were for the cars that actually sold. I think Bring a Trailer is a little bit better place to go for that sort of information, especially for a specialty car. However, I would still use eBay. That's another good place to check. You can also look on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, but you're not getting completed sale prices. You're just getting the price that somebody put there. So, you know, did they price their car accurately for the market? If their cars were 6000 and they're asking 10000 it's not necessarily accurate, okay? So an asking price is different than a price that the car will sell for. So it's better to get a completed sale price from an auction website. And speaking of prices, if you're not happy with the price that your car might sell for today, then you might want to park it and wait a couple more months. Wait till May, June, July. Summertime tends to be an easier time to sell a car. The sun's out. It's easy to drive and look at a car. It might be better for you. The downside is if you want to take the cash from that car and buy something else, you're going to be buying something not until late summer or fall. If you're patient, that's okay. But if you're not, well, another summer went by and you didn't get what you wanted. All right? Okay. Now let's look at some of those items that I think you should cross off your bucket list in 2023. So another year has passed and life is short, right? I mean, you know, you're not going to live forever. Or in other words, don't put off the automotive things you want to do any longer. Make this the year you live out your automotive dreams and desires, okay? 
Now, what do I mean by that? Well, let's start by assuming that you already have a car you love and you want to use it. Well, I think at least a couple of times in 2023, you should go on an epic drive. Now, you might be saying, what's an epic drive? Well, it's not driving like 15 miles to go to some cool pizza place. That's not an epic drive. An epic drive, at least in my neighborhood, the part of the world that I live in, would be driving around Mount Rainier National Park. It's a loop road that goes all the way around the park. It's very cool. It's fun to drive. I've got some friends who own, they have two Austin Healey Bug-Eyed Sprites. They have a Pontiac Fiero GT, and they have a Saturn Sky Redline. And they pile in those cars, and they bring friends along, and they kind of trade cars. And they go do that drive over, you know, like seven, eight, ten hours, pick a day in the summer, and they go do that. They've invited me a couple of times. I think the last few times I've been busy and I haven't done it, but I'm doing it this year because, hey, epic drive. Not many epic drive times left in my life, so I want to get out and do that stuff, and you should do the same thing. So definitely go on an epic drive at least a couple of times this year, all right? Okay, so the next one is great if you have kids. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to load up the family truckster, then do your best Clark and Ellen Griswold impersonation and hit the road this summer. You need to take a cross-country road trip with your family. And I'm not talking like, you know, know, just a couple hours across the state you live in. I'm talking the big, long, multi-state. You're going 800 miles, 1,000 miles. You're taking a long trip. Now, we did this when our kids were young. We went from Washington State down to Moab, Utah. It took us like two days to get there. We spent the night in uh, somewhere in Idaho. We stayed in a KOA campground. It was great. Just, you know, easy. Get up the next morning, take a shower, hit the road, drove the rest of the way. When we got to Moab, we got ourselves a condo so we could park our SUV inside We could take all our stuff out. We had bikes on a bike rack so we could keep the bikes in there when we didn't want to use the bikes. And then we did all kinds of adventures around Moab. Now, Moab was great because you had two national parks like right there. Just north of Moab was Arches National Park. They have all these really unique arches and rock formations. It's just, it's stunning stuff. And then not far away is Canyonlands National Park. It's a little bit less traveled than Arches, but... It's still amazing and amazing sunrises, amazing sunsets. We took advantage of both of those things. We'd wake our kids up at like five o'clock in the morning and then we would go to the local McDonald's. We'd get a couple of breakfast sandwiches for everybody. We would drive up to Arches National Park and we'd hit a trail by 630 in the morning. And seeing those rock formations when the sun's coming up is just, it's just stunning. It's amazing. And we went in the summertime, so it's really hot. However, because we went hiking early, we go take like a you know three-hour hike. By the time we were coming out, like 9.30, 10 o'clock, we were done. And that's when the day's starting to get really hot. It's already like, you know, 80 degrees by then. But we were fine. We'd be coming out and there'd be the, you know, the girls in short shorts and high-heeled shoes going in with a, you know, three ounces of water. And they're going to go do the same hike. What a moron. <laughs> You're going to die. We're going to read about you in the newspaper. But, you know, we'd be done. Then we'd go back to our condo. You know, we'd like watch a movie in the middle of the day with the air conditioning on because, you know, it's too hot to be outside. In the afternoon, we'd load up the bikes, you know, late afternoon. And we'd head out to one of the amazing bike trails like, uh, what, Dead Horse State Park. We did that with our kids. Kind of goes right along the edge of a canyon. 
it's just cool. There's so many things to see. And we go do that stuff. And then we'd come back, you know, get some pizza and go back, go to sleep, wake up the next morning at five and hit the trails again. We did that for like three, four days straight. We also rented a four-seat Razor all-wheel drive vehicle, went out onto the Slick Rock 4x4 trails. I mean, it was just crazy good time. We had a great time doing that. And it was all because we were willing to drive two days to get to Moab. Now, there's probably something a day or two away from you that you really want to see with your family. So 2023, it's the year, it's the time, fill up the family truckster and go. Epic family road trip. All right, what else should you scratch off your bucket list in 2023? Hmm, here's one. Now, if you can't drive a manual transmission car, make 2023 the year you learn to do it, okay? Now, a lot of adults had a chance to drive manual cars back in the day, but a lot of kids haven't really done that yet. So depending on who you are and your age or where you're from, if you've never driven a manual transmission car, you can learn this year. Now, how do you do that? Well, there are schools that have cars with manual transmissions, and you can go and pay somebody, and they'll teach you how to drive it. Spend a few hours in the car, and you'll pick it up. New cars are really easy to drive. Their transmissions shift smoothly. The clutch is light. It's all pretty simple stuff, and if you already know how to drive a car, then adding this one aspect to your driving is relatively easy. Seems a little hard at first, but after 10, 15 minutes, you kind of get the hang of it. After an hour or two, you, you're picking it up pretty well. And by the end of the day, you're going to be great at it. So take the time to learn to drive a manual. Now, another thing you can do if you already drive a manual is take it upon yourself to teach someone who can't in 2023. Now, maybe you have a favorite nephew, favorite niece, a neighbor. Maybe it's one of your kids and you want to teach them. You've been thinking, I should teach them how to drive a manual. Well, make it this year. 2023 is your year. I want you to do it. Teach somebody who doesn't know how to drive a manual transmission car. All right? Now, if you can drive a manual, but you don't have one, oh, guess what I'm going to say? 2023 is the year that you need to buy a car with a manual transmission. You know, make it your second car. Go get that Miata. Go get a Jeep Wrangler. Go get yourself a Mazda Speed 3, you know, hot hatchback, Ford Fiesta ST, something, something with a manual, go do it. Uh, if you want something cheaper, go get an SVT Focus. I've seen those around, you know, five, six grand, seven grand for a really nice one. You know, go do something like that. If you like to drive a manual, you owe it to yourself to have one if you don't have one already. Okay? 2023 is your year. All right, what else? So in 2023... If you've always wanted to get a sports car, this is the year to get one. Now, when I was growing up, when I was a kid, my dad always talked about getting a sports car. Oh, I'm going to get a sports car. I'm going to get a sports car. Now, he had some cool cars. He had a 1974 Mazda RX-4 wagon. That's a rotary engine, five-speed manual wagon. It was a super cool car. I learned to drive in that car. I love that car. He didn't have it a long time, but you know, I think we had it like four or five years. Um, he also had one of the first, one of the early Acura Integras. So he had that. That was cool. He had a lot of like Chryslers and he had a Pontiac. He had some other stuff. Oh, he had a really cool 1980 Toyota pickup, 4x4. That was great. So he had some cool stuff, but he never got that sports car. And we had an RX-7. I brought it over one time and he took it out for a drive. He's like, oh, I should get a sports car. I'm like, yes, you should. Didn't get one. 
he drove ours, so that was good. Uh, another time, I brought over my Celica all-track turbo. He took that out for a drive. Oh, I got to get a sports car. Okay, get a sports car, Dad. Never did. I came over in a Miata, and he went out and he sat in it, but he was kind of tall, had long legs. He's like, oh, I don't really fit. I'm like, yeah, you do. You fit well enough. Just drive it. I think the guy would have looked great in like a Triumph TR6. He probably would have fit just fine, or, you know, he could have wedged himself in. But he always said, oh, you know, it's just not perfect. I'm like, hey, get a Corvette. I don't know. Get something. You want a sports car? Go get one. He never did. And, you know, at the end of his life, he probably regretted that. So don't get to the end of your life and regret that you didn't buy that sports car you always wanted to get. Make 2023 the year that you get one, okay? Okay, so maybe you don't want a sports car, but maybe you want to get an adventure vehicle. Well, don't put it off another year. Make this the year. Now, some of you are probably going, what does he mean by an adventure vehicle? Well, I don't know. What do I mean? Come on, you have to sort of answer that question yourself. Now, for me, an adventure vehicle would be a Toyota Land Cruiser, a Jeep Wrangler, maybe a Isuzu Amigo or an Isuzu Viacross, some sort of four-wheel drive thing that I could throw some fishing poles in the back, go out to some stream in the middle of nowhere where no one's around and go fly fishing and, you know, catch all the fish in the stream and just have a great time. That would be sort of my adventure vehicle. For you, it might be something different. It might be a 100 series Land Cruiser that's been converted to an overlanding vehicle. It's got one of those folding tent top things on top and you know, you put all your gear in it and some jerry cans on the back and you go off in the middle of nowhere and spend, you know, a week in the wilderness. Maybe that's your thing. I don't know what it is. You have to define it yourself. But if you want to do some adventures, you need a vehicle to do it. And if you don't have one, 2023 is the year that you should do it. So I'm telling you, get that adventure vehicle if you want one. All right. And now for the final one. Whenever I drive any of the cars that I've had that are convertibles, People always say to me, oh, I wish I had a convertible. I really want a convertible. It's like, well, then get one. Don't put it off. There's a ton of convertibles. There's a ton of options. We'll be talking about some over 2023. I'll be giving you some ideas, but you don't have to listen to me to come up with ideas for convertibles. There's a lot of great cars out there. If you want to get a convertible, again, what are you waiting for? There was a great article by Peter Egan. I don't know if you've ever read any of his articles in Road and Track. He did a column called Side Glances, and I remember one where he, I think he was talking about a Porsche Boxster S that he used to own, like a 2001 or a 2002. And one of the reasons he bought the car, if I'm remembering this correctly, is that he said to himself, you know, how many summers do I have left? You know, how many summers do I have to enjoy this convertible? And I remember thinking, yeah, that's a great question. How many summers do you have? If you think about it, like the average person, let's say they live, eh, I'll throw a number, 80 years, right? They don't get their license until they're 16. So that's 64 years of summers. And you can probably wind a few off the front and the back because you're just starting to drive in the front and at the back end, maybe you shouldn't be driving anymore. So let's say you've got 60 years of summers. That's 60 summers. 60 goes by pretty quickly, right? I mean, it doesn't last that long. I mean, I'm probably halfway, a little bit more through my 60 years. I don't have a ton of summers left. So I get out and enjoy my convertible all the time. I enjoy it in the winter too. So uh, anytime for me. But 
For those of you who want to have a convertible and you don't have one, you've never had one, I don't know what you're waiting for. 2023, that's your year, man. It's time to get this done. Anything you want to do that has to do with automotive joy, make 2023 the year that you do it. Cross off those bucket list items and do them in 2023. You're going to be a much happier soul. Trust me. And with that, thanks for listening to this episode of Better Than New. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe and follow this podcast. Oh, and be sure to join me next week as we jump back into our first used car recommendation for 2023. So definitely check that out. And until then, I'm Gary Crenshaw. This is Better Than New. And I'm really glad you came along for the ride.